From 8th Street to 8 Mile Road, from I-5 to Highway 99, Podcast Stockton. Stockton. I love this town. Most miserable city? I don't think so. The show all about the great life in Stockton, California. This is Podcast Stockton. Welcome to Podcast Stockton for November 11th, 2013. I'm Susan Spraker. And I'm Matt Beckwith. Welcome back to all of our returning listeners. If this is your first time listening to Podcast Stockton, thanks for checking out the show. This is the music show where Matt and I talk about our relationship with music, our preferences in music, past and present, and we're thrilled to be joined in the studio by local talented artist Erin Odessa. And we are even more excited that she has brought her ukulele. So stay tuned for that. Susan, I don't know about you, but I had a lot of fun doing the interview that we're about to play um, with with Aaron. Not only a very talented musician, but a very giving artist as well. Um, that was my impression. I think the thing that really I loved uh, was her talking about her work with the Afternaps. I can't wait to share that uh, with everyone because it, it was good stuff. Yeah, so Erin, uh, Odessa, if you do not know who she is or have not heard of her, um, sit back. You're in for a real treat. She's a very talented musician, an advocate of musicians, and an advocate of uke players um, all throughout the 209. So uh, let's hear from Erin Odessa. This is our newest song. It's called Won't Be Soon. Thank you. 
Outback Studios today by Aaron Odessa. Aaron, uh, thanks for coming live in the studio, although it's not really live, but thanks for coming in the studio and joining us today. Thank you. Um, let's start right away by, uh, um, you know, let's self-identify here. I identify you as an amazing, accomplished musician, ukulele player, and a whole bunch of other things, but uh, I'll ask you, how, when people ask you what do you do or what kind of instruments do you play, how do you identify? Um... Uh, first of all, I'm a big advocate of the ukulele, an ambassador of the ukulele. Oh. I feel like it's a very empowering instrument. And though since learning to play the ukulele, I've learned to play guitar and I've learned to play bass and I'm learning to play piano in a more musical way. Um, every time I learn something new, I go right back to the ukulele. So it's definitely home for me. And because of the stuff that I do with kids and a lot of adults who are like, oh, I want to sing. I want to have some music. It's just such an accessible instrument. Do you wow. know what I mean? Yeah. Such an accessible advocate. instrument. Would not have expected. I've never thought the word advocate in a musical instrument. So how did you get started playing the ukulele? Um, I had been a songwriter for a long time and always needed to go find my guitar player and say, can you play ba 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 you know so that I could write a song which was ridiculous and um I had given up once before on the guitar and I just stumbled on a ukulele it was actually a gift and um I learned you know five songs out of the Jumpin' Jim songbook within the first day all the good stuff you know like on the road again and you know trailers for sailor rent like all that good <laughs> stuff awesome. hey good looking I was like oh I you know it felt accomplished like and I just and it's so small, you just keep it in your hands. You know what I mean? I had it in my hands for probably two years before I took a week break. It was just a natural affinity right from right. the beginning, huh? Right, absolutely. That's great. It has a bright sound. It has a melancholy sound. It's a pretty well-rounded instrument, especially especially for a songwriter because it gets out of your way. It's a much simplified... It's a, it's a simplified instrument it's not so challenging to play so you can your brain has more space for you know lyrical composition creativity is a little easier right right yeah susan do you play an instrument no i don't i wish that i did no i haven't you know i've thought about 
I had guitars when I was a kid, but never really any lessons to go with them. And so I never really picked that up. And I've thought about playing the guitar again in the last couple of years, but I've just never really made the leap. I played the flute. I played the flute in the in the high school band. So that, that was the end of my <laughs> career. Thank God for everyone. I'd love to. As much as we, I, I would try to avoid just talking about the uke. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by the instrument and its popularity recently. Why, why do you think it's become? I mean, you've said it's, it's, uh, um, it's, it's. You know, people are drawn to it as, a, as an instrument. But why, why is that? I think that it's happened once before in history. The ukulele was really popular once before in history. You know, before Tiny Tim kind of squished it. Um. For everybody, I think that in times of economic scarcity, I guess is the word, um, that the arts and culture tend to rise. You know, bohemianism tends to rise. People find that they find value in their thoughts and their words and their personal power because they're not so consumed by the things that they can't have. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, Kind of it's, getting more back to basics, right? Yeah. And you can get you can get a ukulele that will stay in tune for forty or fifty bucks. You know, it's it's not an expensive instrument. It's not like going buying it like a decent acoustic guitar or something like that. Right. And also, it's just this little. It's like a little buddy. It's just right there. Just <laughs> you know what I mean. You can take it in the car, and it's really very simple to learn to begin to play. So, when did your relationship with music start, Aaron? I mean, how old were you when when you really? knew that music was for you uh i had a lot of music in my household you know led zeppelin elton john marvin gay yay you know my mom is a huge bob seger fan who he happened to have the most amazing backup singer so i really kind of thought i might be a backup singer when i grew up and then my best friend in grammar school was she was the only black girl at Lin at waverly elementary and i went to church with her and her mom and then I was the only white girl in her church. And it was a profound experience. A profound experience to feel the presence of something there. You know what I mean? Like people emoting. With, Hard to miss. Right. With their words in such a passionate way. You know, I learned that I could open my mouth and passion could come out. And then I did um, Stockton Youth Chorale, which I really recommend for yeah. anybody, for everybody, every kid, just because you learn to listen and you learn to sight read and you learn to sing scales, you learn to open your voice, you know. So I did choir for a long time in Stockton Youth Chorale. And then I started doing musical theater in high school. I had like a garage band in high school. We totally lost the battle of the bands. <laughs> it was the year that the Eagles come out with the remake of Hotel California. Oh, gosh. Oh, and I don't know who these guys were at my high school, but these nerdy <laughs> guys just busted it out perfectly. Like, we totally thought we were going to win, but no, it didn't happen oh. that way. You got you got ripped off. Right? Right? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Um. So I did, you know, a lot of musical theater, a lot, a lot of theater. I was a theater major at Delta. And then at some point, I just decided I didn't want to say other people's words anymore, that I had some stuff that I had to say. And, you know, theater is such an all-encompassing thing. Like, if you're in the show, you're in the show, and that's all there is. So I decided to kind of depart from that so that I could start a band. Hmm. Wow. What was your first band? Uh, we were called Pearl. Pearl? 
That's okay. a good and name. We did a lot of our own compositions, but we also did stuff like Tower of Power. Ooh. And we yeah, we did some good stuff. Um I was twenty one, you know. <laughs> um it was a really good way to cut my teeth. It was a really solid band. Yeah. And were you playing uke at that time? No, I, I, did, I could not play an instrument at you that were time. singing? Could not play an instrument at all at that time. So if the name of the band was Pearl, my favorite follow-up question, what names did you pass on? Do you remember any of the, the names that you said no to? <laughs> For one minute, and I think we actually had T-shirts printed, we were the small doses. <laughs> oh, I like that name too. I write that, the connotation of like, oh, I can take, oh, I can take this band in small doses. And the most embarrassing one, and this came up very late night in the jam room and didn't sound good to me the next day. All the boys loved it. It was Fuzzbox. <laughs> <laughs> the guys in the room were nodding. Took me, it took me, you know, till two days later to be like, hey, is that? I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure I, I, about I that. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't feel good about that. I don't feel good about that. That's awesome. <laughs> So, Erin, you touched on the Stockton Youth Corral and uh, working with um, working with kids. And then, um, as I said before we started recording, my first introduction to you was the Afternaps, which mm-hmm. is, um, I believe, one of the coolest musical acts Stockton has ever had. Um, Thank you. And uh, certainly for you know, getting children at that age uh, introduced to fun music. So tell me about the... The, the birth of the afternaps and what, what that experience has been like. It was coinciding with the birth of my second child. Oh. And I was like, what am I going to do? I cannot stay home constantly. I had to have something, you know, something. And it had to be something that I could bring them with, you know, my daughter mm-hmm. and him with. Kind of occurred to me that there, ha- there wasn't anything like that in mm-hmm. town. And that there certainly wasn't anything like that offered for you know, if not a minimal donation, then for free. And I grew up in a culturally impoverished area. And as a lot of Stockton is, I realized the value of being given music. Mm. You know what I mean? um, And how that puts self-esteem into little people's pockets. So just little tickets of self-esteem. Like if you can get up in front of everybody and sing and dance and just have a good time and not care... You know what I mean? Just have a good time, sing and dance. You carry those little tickets of pockets, you know, the uh, those tickets of self-esteem in your pocket when you go into the dark period, you know, mm. like the 12 to 15. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you and and people who have who have a higher self-worth tend to make better decisions. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was important. Wow. And then the were you at all surprised by the success of of the Afternaps? I mean, they, they, you have a following. I mean, people love you and, and and i think in a perfect world the children would would age out of your music and then go to the rest of your music but uh i mean does that happen are you seeing new kids at new places? um i see new kids all the time new kids new moms i hear from moms and kids who i'm actually getting ready to teach one of my first after nappers a long time ago you know this was eight years ago that he was coming around um they probably came for about three years um, I'm I'm getting ready to give him his first ukulele lesson on Thursday, which is very exciting. You know, I knew him as a baby, and now he is, you know, ready to start learning to play his own instrument. Wow. Um, I was really honored to have been asked to help with that, you know. Um, to write a passage. 
right? Yeah, it, it really that's, is. That's cool. It's just it's empowering to be able to play something, and I really appreciate the parents who are doing whatever they can to offer their kids some sort of art and culture. You know. Yeah, that's cool. Describe the program a little bit, because I um, have not um, have not been to an after naps program. So talk about a little bit about the age of the kids and what mm-hmm. you guys do and I would I'd love to know more about that we've been doing it for about seven and a half years every week um, it started out really just doing kind of older old Americana songs um, kind of keeping you know American roots music alive and um, we you know that was great everybody loved it and then we wrote some original songs and those were awesome and then it became a blend of that and now it's kind of become you know we do like a 15 minute dance break you know um and it's kind of taking a step further over the next six months and turning into some of the kids that are kind of starting to age out like they're ready for group classes you know what i mean something the babies are great at the after naps the babies are great but there are kids from i mean Baby, 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 to probably the oldest regular is seven. Oh, that's great. So is next so year she'll to... be ready to sit in a class, you know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of be more. Because it's so hard to find something to do with such a wide range of kids too. You know, it's usually, you know, babies to two years old and, you know, it, it must be really accessible for families that can bring all right. the kids and have something right. to do. Right. Yeah. And I really wanted to make sure that it was accessible to not just the parents who, could afford to have like yeah. a music teacher or, you know, or going to private school, I, especially in the neighborhood that it's in. I really wanted to make sure that it some for some of these kids, like this is all they're really getting outside yeah. of school. Right. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I'm so I'm always so proud of the moms for I know how hard it is to get in the car and get it together mm-hmm. and go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, like I'm I feel really passionately about being able to keep a, a large part of it, you know, nonprofit or you know, for donation, yeah. accessible, minimal yeah. donation, if, yeah. if not nothing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Wow. So uh, switching gears to, um, uh, it, it seems like you, you have so much going on and then you, you're, you're always, you're, um, an advocate of the uke, but also is, you know, from my perspective, such an advocate for live music in town. And, um, you've been hosting, um, open mic at, uh, at Worlos on Wednesday nights, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic evening of live music uh, both of you from you and uh, other local musicians tell me how that got started and a little bit about that I just proposed it to Lisa Worlow who is so you know that they, they're Worlow's is really doing something that's really challenging to have really good live music five nights a week is it's challenging in this mm-hmm. town especially mm-hmm. um, but they've you know they've dedicated themselves to it and she she was interested in having younger artists in there, not this, you know, the the jazz cats and the real established players, you know what I mean? But like people who were had to be, yeah. get really brave in order to get onto stage. Yeah. Um, you know, they're just advocates for, for arts and community at Orlos. And she was very agreeable to the idea. So tell me about this setup. Um, uh, there's a there's a list that goes out. And you can yeah. How does it work? I want to know that. Um, the list goes out at seven. Still, yeah, I'm thinking about the time change, but no, yeah, it's seven still. Um, we 
usually try to be done by 10.30. And we kind of play, myself and the one-night band kind of play, you know, the first 30 minutes just to kind of warm the crowd up. And so that we get to jam. Otherwise, we, you know, we wouldn't get the chance. <laughs> and then we start calling open micers up, you know, just kind of right off the list. And, like, we have comedians and first-time comedians, which is really, really scary. Oh, I mean, point. playing an instrument oh, is wow. one thing, but going up there yeah. with, like, possibly adversarial things to say with no instrument, that's terrifying to me. Um, wow. We have that poets, brave. and we have this percussion group that's been coming in that are really, really, really cool, this African percussion group. We have a lot of really talented singer-songwriters, really, really talented singer-songwriters. I'm always shocked. Um, and then, like I said, with the one-night band, like we have the bass player that's ready and the drummer that's ready, keyboards that are ready, guitar that's ready. So sometimes these artists come back the next week and they want instrumentation. You know, they're ready for that. And yeah. it's really neat to see the progression of somebody who just had to have all this courage to do it the first time. It's really interesting to see the progression after a couple of weeks of like, wow, you've, you've created a sound, you know what I mean? You're, you're fronting mm -hmm. a band. It's yeah. very empowering. Yeah. And it does have that, uh, during times like that, that I've been there, it feels like a, like a jam night. And, and it's cool to watch that. You know, the first few times that, that I went, it was like, okay, is this a, just a strictly open mic? One person comes up, and then it, as it got a little bit later, like everybody just got up there and it was so incredible to mm -hmm. see the, the, both the talent, but also just the energy. And I had, you know, I've been to lots of, uh, uh, open mics, never had the guts to actually get up there, but I have never seen an energy like the one we have. And I don't know if that's because our market is craving it or if it's because the, of the location or because I, I can't put my finger on it. I think it, it's, it's a little I think it's a little bit of both. That that particular area, Worlow is that particular area. There's a lot of younger people in that area who you kind of see them milling about and you kinda of wanna shake your finger at them and what are you kids doing? But not too long ago I was one of those kids going to punk rock shows and getting you know what I mean? Getting yeah. into trouble. The like those people have to have somewhere to go to. Mm -hmm. And the way it's been working out is that some of the ones, the, the less desirables, I'm able to kind of point them out now. The less desirables tend to fall away because I, you know, point them out and give them the bad vibes. Mm -hmm. But the the more desirables are grabbing drums and getting on stage are bringing an original song after doing covers for weeks. You know, the it there's definitely... Yeah. There's a progression. There's definitely a progression. Wow. So Aaron, you know, the podcast Stockton show is about the great life in Stockton. And so I'm wondering, what's your Stockton story? I mean, you grew up here, went to school here. Can you mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about what um, your Stockton story I is? I grew up on the border of Linden and Stockton. So we had, you know, ditches, sidewalks, um, kind of east of the east side. Still kind of an impoverished area, real rural, you know? Rural. Um, I went to Linden High School, which they did their best that they could to give me some art and culture and some theater. And I really appreciated that because I was not a future homemaker of America or a future <laughs> farmer of America. Right. Or like a you didn't fall state box. volleyball players. I was like, where do I go? <laughs> um, 
went to Delta for a little while. I lived in Half Moon Bay for a little while. I lived in Benicia for a little while. Went to school, two different places there. And then I just wanted to come home. My mom was here. She wasn't well. And I ended up coming home and falling in love and having babies. And now I'm here. So people ask me a lot if I'm, you know, why don't you leave? Why, you know, you could do so much somewhere else. And I'm like, what am I... I can't leave a place that I feel like needs me. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a small thing, you know what I mean? Even if it's a small thing, it was offering some kids live music. Even mm-hmm. if it's just that, that's something in an area that needs it desperately. Yeah. You know? That's wonderful. That's not small, for right. sure. I, uh, I've long, many years have wanted to petition the city. Um, uh, I've, you know, years ago, I don't know if it's, I don't know if we have a slogan anymore, but it was Stockton someplace special was our slogan. Right. And I've always pe- wanted to petition the city to say, we need to change it. And, and with every person I talk to, I'm uh, reminded that it's true. We should say Stockton, welcome back. Right. Because so many of us leave. Right. Or try to leave. What do you do when everybody you love back. is here? Right. Yeah, you come back like, mm-hmm. like, like many of us. Um, so you mentioned that, uh, that you had kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you came back to Stockton. You had you have kids. You have a son and a daughter, mm-hmm. right? How old are they? And Lila is eleven, and Jackson is seven. Oh wow, very exciting! And are they starting to show signs of uh, following in mom's? Um, mm-hmm. Their dad footsteps? is a drummer. Okay, a really really talented drummer. Um, he has taught her to play the full trap kit, mm-hmm. so she is the wow. girl in sixth grade that's rocking the full drum set. Nice, She's pretty awesome. Yeah. She started with the violin. I'm glad that's over because that was tough. Yeah, it's I one lived. of the toughest instruments to hear played poorly. I lived through that too. That they just a sent a recorder one. home with her recently. I was oh. like, oh. <laughs> oh. Do you have to sign a permission slip for that I, kind of thing I as said. a parent? Come on oh. now. Um, yeah, so and she's playing the, the xylophone, which is really cool. She's doing a lot of percussion stuff. And, you know, that's instantly having this success with music she instantly is like i want to play guitar i want to play bass because that's what happens if you have a little success with music you're like yeah you just want more yeah wow that's exciting and your son he is a dancer awesome both of them are singers <laughs> i'm actually getting ready to put them both into stockton youth corral nice. they're kind of fighting against it Uh-oh. but too bad I but guess. you'll win right <laughs> <laughs> Now, did I hear that you're a single mom? Mm-hmm. I am too. And so you're doing the juggle. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say are the, what's the peak of being a single parent? And what's the, the pit of it for you? Hmm. The peak of it being if I, I was a super hands-on mom constantly 24-7 all the time. Yeah. 24-7 all the time. And then when we split, we also started splitting our time. Mm-hmm. And so instead of immediately saying, I'll do that for you. Let me do this for you. Only I can do this for you. It became, you need. I need to show you how to do this for yourself. Mm-hmm. So I think I might have been getting ready to raise some real sissy kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. cutting their steak when they're like 13 or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, but now they're very important powered children they are they're pretty resilient i mean i think that's the plus that comes Mm -hmm. out of it is that they they're uh they're pretty resilient and 
and they they're good like that. Yeah, I had to learn how to mom better, you know, work mm-hmm. smarter, not harder kind of thing. Yeah. The pit being, you know, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. We still kind of talk about it. We, you know, each of us have different significant others now, but they, they still kind of like, Ooh. still hoping maybe yeah. that, you know, and yeah. It's harsh to I have to say that... that's never mm-hmm. going to happen. We're friends now. We're friends. Well, I had not had the pleasure of seeing you play. So I had a little Aaron Odessa immersion today and um, caught a couple of your videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I noticed in a couple of them, you're barefoot. And I wonder, is that your preferred kind of way to yeah. play or was that just a fluke? Or I've what? been trying to be good about wearing heels at open mic, but if I play the bass, I I have to be barefooted. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's always going to be that way, but it's brand new to me. Um, I definitely would prefer to be barefooted. Yeah. But, you know. What, so what is it about the, is it just a comfort thing? I mean, come from, I'm from just the... barefooted most of the okay. time. I feel like cool. something yeah. about being raised on the outskirts of Okieville. I don't know what it is, but I don't know. I I can relate. I'm in these most of the time, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I don't know what it is. Yeah. I think it was cool. So I wanted to ask you about That's it. Fine. If that, Erin, ah. as I had mentioned, my first introduction to you was um, you playing in the Afternaps, and I've seen you play as just Odessa mm-hmm. seen you play at open mic seems like you have lots of uh, groups or parts of groups mm-hmm. or projects going on mm-hmm. um, do you have a like you have a new band or a group I do I have a together? new project going on um, I'm playing with Daniel Page and Mario Zogbo <laughs> and Ben Vogel um, and some guests in and out we like to be able to break down or build up you know um doing all original music mm. and some of it has like a world feel so it's it's pretty awesome all original music's tough to pull off right it well, is i always throw in two covers for good measure okay but it is tough to pull off it is yeah, yeah it's it seems like um I don't know if it's Stockton or I don't know, but it's, it's, if you do two, if you do only covers, you're, uh, and you have to, it seems like there's been people that have tried and then they end up going back to playing more covers. Right. It's, um, one really lucky thing for me is that I love to play covers. I have lists and lists and lists and lists, um, you know, from everything from, like I said, old school R&B to, really really classic rock um to you know blondie um to you know Katy perry heck yeah madonna i would be excited to see your new band uh, get together and play um are you are you playing you guys playing live anywhere in town uh you can catch us wednesday nights at Warlow's. Uh, even more reason to uh to, to hang out uh, at an open mic night yeah i can't wait to come check one of those out I'm looking forward to that. Aaron, where can people go if they want to listen to your music? It's not a live gig, but they would like to hear something from the Afternaps or they'd like to hear some of your other music. Where can they where can they find it? You can find us on YouTube by searching either Aaron Odessa 
or the after naps. You can find me on SoundCloud, which is a really cool free application. Um, Erin Odessa at SoundCloud. And after Christmas, we should have a five song EP done that I'm very proud of. Awesome. Happy New Year, mm-hmm. huh? So, you know, stay tuned to Facebook and SoundCloud and YouTube for the update on that. Nice. And if folks are interested in um, more about music lessons, uh, after naps, how can uh-huh. they get If you're interested you? in music lessons, ukulele lessons, group percussion, vocal lessons, guitar lessons, bass lessons, um, then you can email me at afternapsmusic at yahoo.com. And afternaps always meet at Warlow's on what day and time? Every Tuesday at 5 o'clock. And it's actually in Yogurt My Way, which is attached to Warlow's. So every Tuesday at 5 o'clock. Perfect. And, of course, we will have all those links um, to all the places that you can spy on and stalk Erin and uh, all of her projects. Um, the show notes at podcaststalking.com. <laughs> Okay, so I am here at Open Mic Night at Worlow's on Wednesday night, um, and I'm talking with Ezariah, who just uh, finished a set, a wonderful set. Um, Ezariah, how long have you been playing music? Um, I'm going to say about 12 years now. 12 years in uh, guitar, your primary instrument? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it actually is, for a while. Okay, so uh, you've been playing a long time. How long have you been playing the uh, Open Mic Night here at Worlow's? Actually, Open Mic is going to be like... Three months? No, about four months. Four months now. Have you been playing in front of uh, groups of, of people before here? Anywhere before here? Yeah, I did a couple of performances, a couple of gigs and stuff like that before. So what do you think about the crowd here at uh, Oh, yeah, you know, um, to be honest, this crowd's amazing. Like, even if uh, you've never been here, everyone that's been here that are veterans here at Worlos, they make you feel inviting. They make you feel like, you know, you're supposed to be here. And especially with the music, it's so inviting, you know. And um, it's, it's a giant variety of music. It's a giant variety of people. So, you know, you'll always feel comfortable here. So what did you think about your first night, uh, going back a few months, your first night playing over Mike at Willows? What was it like? Uh, well, playing at, uh, the first time, whew. Uh, I was uh, very nervous because, uh, I mean, um, even though I've played before, I've always been nervous in going to a new place and seeing new crowd because I was always afraid that the, pl- the music I play, doesn't they don't like it. And so I was just like, oh, man. So, yeah, what I would do is, you know, I, when I came here and I performed – they one after another you know uh it sound they made me feel like i was comfortable here and the thing is the funny the story about it is that when i came here i was the, because we have a list for the open mic right and the, i was the last person on the list because i didn't even know i just knew it was supposed to come here 7 30 the list was already full and i was like all right let me just squeeze myself in there some people left but then i waited i had to wait until only five six people were there and even at then, they were like, this guy's been waiting, let's bring him up. And I'm like, well, there's almost no one here. But even at then, even though it was just a few people that you can count with your hands, they still made you feel like it was a crowd. And it, I mean, that kind of thing, that kind of feeling of just comfortability and just so being sure of the, your, your performance because of that, you, you end up doing a great performance, better than what you've done before because you're like completely comfortable. Nice. So, so how would you describe your music or your style? My style. Um, I'm gonna say it's not. I like. I see. I. I, whew, I I'm very, very variety. I go from Andrea Bocelli to uh, let's see, uh, 
Dean Dean Martin, Nat King Cole, to you know ASAP Rocky from rap, to and but I, I was always comfortable in uh, when it comes to guitar or playing guitar, when it comes to uh, the folk and um, uh, like acoustic folk and stuff like that. Like my favorite and the reason the inspire the person that inspires me to do music is uh, one of my favorite bands, Dallas Green or City in Color. And if you listen, I've played uh, a cover of them, one of their covers, and I, you know, so uh, that is kind of like that. It's very smooth, but it's not, it's just like Warlocks, you know? It's the music I listen to, the music I'm centered around, the music I play. You don't have to like it to enjoy it, you know? You don't have to like that genre to enjoy that music. You don't have to like, just because you like rap doesn't mean you're not going to enjoy it, you know? So. Yeah, so, uh, so lastly, tell me about, uh, tell me about the, uh, the hostess of the evening, uh, Erin, and what she means to the, to, to the music community here in Stockton. Yeah, you, oh, well, <clears throat> funny, this is a funny story. I was performing at a school right next to Stag. I don't remember the name of the school. Um, but it doesn't mean I have I've lived, I was born and raised in Stockton, so. <laughs> but um, that school, I actually re- was performing there with my band. And then she came up with her trio band, or trio band. And it was, um, and then she was there, and I was like, "Man, your music's awesome." And then we like talked about collaboration, but we never got around to it. And then I heard about Open Mic Night here, but I didn't know Aaron was the one that hosted. So when I came out here and I saw Aaron, I'm like, "Wait, don't I know you from somewhere?" She's like, "Yeah, you played with me," and I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" And yeah, but it's because of that. Like that reason, I think Aaron is the reason why because the hostess makes the night. It's kind of like at a wedding, you know, the, the either be a DJ or either be a wedding singer. They make the night. They make it fun without a good DJ. It won't be that fun. In this case, Erin, because she's the hostess, she makes, she reminds you that you're comfortable here, which makes everyone leech off of that. And everyone wants to share that comfortable feeling, that inviting feeling. And uh, that's, what, that's what keeps you here. And then eventually, you, you don't come to Wurlos to perform just to show people what you what you could do. Eventually, you start realizing it's not about that. It's about making other people happy with your music and enjoying your music yourself. Just love playing music, and that brings you back to that humble state, you know. Because a lot of people they want to play so many gigs just to get their name out there, just to you know for themselves. But then it brings you to that humble state where hey, remember why you're doing it because of the fans, because of whatever, you know. So yeah. I'm here with Daniel Page at Wurlow's Open Mic on a Wednesday, like most Wednesday nights. And um, Daniel already played tonight. Sorry that I missed your performance, but uh, I did get to hear you play when we recorded the interview with Aaron and you were playing uh, guitar in the background. Um, why don't we start off, uh, Daniel, tell me about uh, your music life. How long have you been playing music? Uh, I've been playing music since I was a child. Uh, my parents started me off on piano lessons. I took those for a while and wasn't really a great student but I don't think it really matters when you're that young um, and I stopped that and uh, the last year of uh, high school we had an independent project and uh, you could just pick whatever you wanted to do and I was walking by a couple blocks away from the high school uh, going to get lunch and saw a guitar in a pawn shop window and that was what I did for the project and then shortly after I got into college, uh, I switched my major to music from computer science. That was down in UC San Diego. 
and uh, the rest is kind of history. So how long, how many years have you been playing the guitar? Uh, playing the guitar gets harder to count. Twelve years. Yeah. Okay, and how would you describe your uh, your personal music style or genre or whatever? Um, that's a really good question, and it's a hard one for me to answer. Um, I spend a lot of time working with very diverse uh, stylistically and skill-wise and mood-wise uh, musicians. Uh, for the most part, though, because of that, I have a very improvisation-heavy style on the guitar, I think, more than most uh, people. Who are your musical influences? Uh, Miles Davis, oddly enough, big one. Um, on the guitar, Jimi Hendrix, but also um, Steve Cropper, uh, even more than that, who was uh, the session guitarist down at Stax uh, Records. Um, for a lot of just um, really good accompaniment licks and uh, the ability to play the solid body electric guitar, which is sort of associated with rock and roll in a much clearer, smoother style and one that fits in with a lot of different types of singers and bands. So I've seen you perform uh, an open mic um, quite a bit. How long have you been playing uh, here at Wurlow's? Here at Wurlow's, I started, I think, in, uh, about eight months ago. It was probably a couple months into when uh, the open mic started here. I had heard about it. Actually, I heard about it on Facebook, seeing uh, Aaron Odessa's name. And I remember seeing her back at the Blackwater Cafe a couple years ago when I first started getting out into Stockton uh, and investigating the music scene. So I recognized her name uh, and then started coming here pretty much every week since then. Well, so uh, talk to me about what your perception of the environment is here for, uh, uh, for musicians and for, uh, and for folks in the audience. Um, for here, what I kind of kept me coming back is how open and inclusive it is. And that's sometimes a um, difficult line to walk in something like a jam session. But what I don't like to see, I'm a guitar teacher um, primarily. And so I spend a lot of time just helping people try and get through the hard parts of music and the frustrating parts. Um, and I never really like it when a jam session is too exclusive or not welcoming enough to the people, basically. There's tons of musicians out there, and all of them are scared to go on stage. So this is a place where people can try and deal with that and try and get on stage. It was the same thing for me coming to a new town, having a place to play. Uh, I really appreciated that. I also just find that there's a more modern, kind of younger sound here than you hear in a lot of places in Stockton, which are really like blues and classic rock um, steeped in it, basically. Uh, there's a lot of younger people uh, and just people who have really raw styles still. They feel very local. And um, yeah, raw is a good word. Good, so, uh, so talk to me about, uh, the air in the, about Aaron, the subject of our, of our interview, and what, uh, what you see that she brings to the music community uh, here in Stockton. Um, I think the thing I always admire about her is uh, the ability to 
kind of handle just a large crowd of unruly <laughs> musicians and keep everything um, friendly and civil, basically. And music, for whatever reason, tensions can flare and um, egos can be bruised and things like that, even among people who are friends and among people who really maybe shouldn't have to worry about that type of thing. And uh, she's plays such a great host to so many different types of people uh, that it's just makes it a joy and kind of relaxing to go out and listen to music here and stay out late on a you know weekday night Miracle Mile. <laughs> Great, thanks a lot for coming on, Daniel. Thank you. As far back as I can remember, uh, as much as I'd like to think that I might have changed the styles of music that I've listened to, I really haven't for as many as much of my life as I can go back and remember. I've pretty much listened to the same styles of music. Um, but uh, what about you? What 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 did you grow up listening to? What do you listen to today? Um, I've never been, I would say, on the cutting edge of of music. I mean, I you know, as a teenager, I listened to a lot of the usual of my genre, I guess, Journey and, and the Eagles and Boston. And, um, you know, I kind of was afraid of that really hardcore heavy metal music. You know, it's really funny. Um, when I was a kid, you know, I'd hear some of that. And I mean, I just gave me a creepy feeling. But um, <laughs> so but, what, what, what did you consider hardcore heavy metal? Uh, well, even just strange, like David Bowie. Oh. You know, he freaked me out with all that makeup and all that stuff. But you know what I have to tell you now? If you go get in my car right now, I got a Best of David Bowie oh, wow. CD. So, I mean, his music's super cool. Love it. Um, I don't know. You know, Metallica, Megadeth, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff just was not my was not my bag. But, I mean, Van Halen. Love Van Halen. The original Van Halen. The original. The, Van, David well, Lee. you know, I'm, I'm not. Hager. I'm sorry. I like them both. I like okay. them both. Yeah. Well, I think. What about you? I think there's three Van Halens. There's right. Van Halen with the original Van Halen, and then David there was Lee Roth. This, yeah. Then there was uh, Van what, Hagar. Yeah, what we used to call Van <laughs> Hagar, and then David Lee Roth came back for one album recently, which was a great album, yeah. but it it exploded. They started a tour and they didn't finish it, and yeah, I lost um, fail lo- lost interest in the album. One of the things I found out when I was young. Was there's when I buy you know an album or a cassette or a CD, <laughs> whatever it was, mm-hmm. I would like I would always love it. I I I don't think I've ever. Well, I took that back. There was one album I um only one album I've ever purchased that I tried to take it back and get a refund. Really, it was an album called The Sound of Silence, I think, by Pat Metheny, and he's a incredible jazz guitarist. But he didn't actually play it on the album. He used it to make noises. But it's not music. And there's a warning label that says this isn't real like Pat Metheny music. Yeah. But that's the only thing I've ever bought. You gave it a whirl and it just wasn't wasn't for you. I I hated it from the first time I listened to it. But beside that, everything I've ever bought, I love it at first. So then I found the only things I really, really like are the things that take me a little bit longer to really fall in love with. Mm -hmm. And then uh, then they last forever. I mean, I still remember. I mean, obviously we are in, in the Outback studio and... Uh, where everybody tends to um, notice my yeah, I don't know who do you like. Yeah, I, <laughs> tends I, to notice I, my I, Kiss I collection. Oh um, yeah, Kiss, that's right. But Kiss was the first Kiss, the first uh, album I ever purchased, last album I ever purchased 
first cassette I ever purchased were all Kiss. Yeah. Um, but uh, I do, and I strangely remember my last cassette and my first CD <laughs> ever purchased. Um, and those get, a, awesome. I think my last cassette was um, uh, From the Cradle by Eric Clapton, and my first CD was um, The Lion King, and my first DVD was Lion King. Uh, That's awesome. I'm a big Elton John fan. But um, you couldn't get into the Metallica Megadeth thing. That's I couldn't. And in fact, you know, now that I'm thinking about Kiss back when I was a teenager, I, I might have I might have been a little bit afraid of them too. Well, I but you know, I had a up. great deal growing up. You know, my mother worked for KJOY oh, yeah. um, when I was a teenager, and so I could literally send a list of albums that I would like, and she would take them to David Allen Cram, who mm-hmm. was the um, the music director mm-hmm. at that time. And she would come home with them because, you know, they would get promotional, promotional music wow. and stuff. So that was a pretty cool gig to have as a teenager, to just sort of send your list of music and have it come home. Yeah. Yeah. I wish. Do you remember your first concert? Oh, gosh. I don't. I mean, I remember seeing Cheap Trick at the um, Civic then, Auditorium oh. as a teenager. And that was pretty sweet. Wow. Yeah. And uh, who else did I see? Um Oh, so it was at the Bob Hope Theater, which is was the Fox back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw Joan Jett and the Blackhearts oh, wow. there, and um, wa- Rick Springfield. I when it, Jesse's Girl was nice. the song, yeah. And I mean, even then, I remember being at that concert, and I mean, girls standing on the chairs and screaming, and me kind of thinking, "Get a grip!" <laughs> I mean, he was, you know, handsome. Don't get me wrong, and I loved that song, and I still love it to this day. Yeah. But I was just not going to be. I didn't get the climbing on the chairs and throwing your panties on the stage <laughs> thing. I'm just not going to get that. But yeah, that was some some early stuff I went to. Yeah. Um, and then Mountain Air. Oh, yeah. I made it to a couple Mountain Air concerts. Journey always played Mountain Air. I won some Mountain Air tickets. Oh, boy. When I was like 15 uh, from K-Win. And um, my mom wouldn't let me go, like with friends. It was still like I was too young to ride in somebody's car, you know, yeah. to Angel's Camp. So my mom took me. And uh, so that was pretty interesting. Wow. Hanging there with my mom and everybody was getting <laughs> their party on type oh, of yeah. thing. Awesome. Yeah. But it was cool. It was great. What a great memory. How yeah. about you? Uh, I I absolutely remember my first concert. It was um, uh, at the Fox, and uh, I listen. I mean, my styles of music. Um, I say I'm eclectic, but then I meet people that are much more eclectic than I am. I I, I listen to rock and roll, I listen to heavy metal, and I listen to traditional country. And I love traditional country, mm-hmm. old country, bluegrass. Um, my first concert was a country concert. It was John Conley at the Fox. My uh, mom and stepdad were in a pretty successful um, country western dance troupe, classic right. country dancers. We performed, we performed, they performed at the Asparagus Festival from the first one to like wow, the 15th that's one. awesome. But Do you have we, like uh, footage of that? I oh, mean, yeah. And that's we, such uh, a great thing to have. We, they opened up for John Connolly in Stockton and we got to meet him and everybody's like scratching their head. They don't know who John Connolly is, but he was a... Country singer in the 70s and 80s. He had his One of his biggest hits was a song called Rose Colored Glasses. But got to meet him. But, you know, they also opened up for John Anderson, Charlie Daniels, um, Lisa J. Dalton, Crystal Gale. And so we got to meet all of those people. And, and I, don't, I didn't get to meet Charlie Daniels. That would have been epic. But I had to yeah. see these people perform. And the, my first few concerts were country concerts. But... Uh, um, 
I think my first rock concert might have been Metallica. Oh. Might have been Metallica. I've seen nice. Metallica twice. Um but uh but I've also seen Megadeth. One of my favorite Stockton concerts was Megadeth at the Civic Center in Stockton. Oh my god. Um, that must have been crazy. Oh, and I was uh I was in the near the front of the stage and there was a mosh pit and these guys oh were jumping and they one guy with big steel toe boots came down on top of my head and I was got a little woozy after that but wow that was, um, you had the full-on rock and yeah, roll experience that one, was, uh, that one was pretty cool but my other favorite nice. concerts in the area mm-hmm. are f- at the fair i mean i'm also a huge I weird know. al fan yeah and seeing weird al at the san Joaquin county fair the but fair also seeing willie some, nelson mm-hmm. diamond rio and eddie money i've seen 10 times or more at I local saw billy fairs. ray cyrus when he oh, was doing oh, the achy breaky heart that oh, was a huge coup for the fair that year oh i got i got another one yeah millie vanilli oh yeah 1988 yeah county fair millie vanilli and we were before like, the reveal oh before the big <laughs> reveal that was uh that was pretty epic. Yeah, you know, it's I'm sad to kind of see that go. Uh, you know, I think the big cuz they're just so expensive, I'm sure to get those big name, you know, yeah. acts at the fair. I think that Well, we didn't even have music at the fair last no. year. No. No, I was really sad to see that go because yeah, that was that was an awesome venue uh yeah. for live music for a long time. Yeah. yeah, and and that's you know, that for us growing up it was like wait, we're going to see Eddie Money, like the same guy that does shh, 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 shaking. Like he's yeah. going to be at the fair. Like, I know. I've seen that guy so many times. I know. And uh, still, uh, still a great, still a great show. Yeah. Um, so hopefully there's a way we can. Craig wants can us to mention back, two uh, tickets to paradise. Oh, he yeah, didn't wants yeah, to make sure tickets. we don't get away from talking about <laughs> Eddie that? Money without <laughs> mentioning that. What's that commercial? Uh, happier than um, Eddie Money running a, running a travel agency. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, do you did you play an instrument growing up? Um, I don't know if you could call it that. Um, I did uh, take a stab at the flute in the fifth and sixth grade, and um, just yeah. How does one I, take uh, this a is stab so terrible to admit, but many times during those little you know winter concerts, mm-hmm. the spring concert, I was faking it. Yeah. Oh. I couldn't read the music really. Um, and it clearly it wasn't a solo I was the Millie Vanilli of you, you know Woodrow Millie Wilson <laughs> High School. I mean no Woodrow Wilson, Middle you know, school. elementary school. Oh, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So I, I bluffed my way through about two years of that. And then that's it, which I'm sad to say because um you know, I'd love to know how to play the guitar or the piano. I always was interested in playing the piano. I think even as a kid. You know, I remember mentioning that to my mom, but we just you know, we didn't have a piano. We didn't really have access to a piano. And uh so yeah, not like today where you can just get 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 on your iPad and right on your phone and play the piano. right. <laughs> yeah, nice. I like to sing in the shower a lot. I mean, I you know I think it, uh, maybe on my bucket list or in some crazy dream, you know, I'd love to sing in a band sometime, but uh, I don't really see that on the on the <laughs> agenda. Nice. Yeah, but you. You are a real musician. I'm uh, not a real. I certainly wouldn't call myself that. Well, I'm sitting next to quite well, a few just in, because I own musical instruments. instruments. Mean that I'm a, yeah, uh, I'm a musician, but I do play the guitar, um, play the bass. I play a little bit of piano, um, and I've owned a mandolin for many years. I don't play it very well, but I love the mandolin. Oh, I love mandolin music. Um, I studied music. My first major in college was a, I was a music major. I wanted wow. to be a um, music teacher. 
Mm-hmm. Um, then I realized that uh, they don't, they, they don't, you know, music teachers in the public school system, they mm-hmm. get laid off first. So I decided mm-hmm. to, to change my major, but I am. Um, now, have you played in a band? No, not, not a real band. I've played in a, yeah. played with a group of guys. Um, I think that counts. And, uh, and a singer that was a female and my wife used to call us the Boneheads plus Michelle, which was the singer. Awesome. But um, I've done record, I've spent more time recording other bands than I have playing myself. I'm not a very good musician. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer the acoustic guitar now over the electric guitar. Um, and I'll, you know, maybe someday if I ever was going to be in a rock band, I would prefer to play bass. There you um, go. But, uh, I'm not, uh, I, I'm not good enough. I would rather, um, you know, I, I don't dance, I don't sing mm-hmm. and I'm not an accomplished musician, but I would mm-hmm. rather focus my energy on, I would love to get better in, at the piano. Yeah. Not, we have a piano, but it's hopelessly out of tune. So I try not to play it very often. <laughs> Um, I was going to ask, uh, you know, what kind of music are you listening to now? Like, what do you listen to in the car? You know, what do you I still like don't to listen, listen to, to new music. Like you, I, I'm not at the cutting edge. Mm-hmm. Um, the only new music I listen to is um, mostly country. Mm-hmm. But I have satellite radio in the car, which I don't really listen to a lot. But I have, you know, iTunes radio and Pandora and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I get most of my new music I listen to from YouTube. Uh, I spend more yeah. time watching, listening to music on YouTube than... Um, anything, and I think this is not qualify as new, but uh, our producer Greg introduced me to Walk Off This Earth um, a while ago, and I think they, you know, that's probably the newest music mm-hmm. that I actually listen to anymore. Cool. What about you? Well, you know, I have teenage children, so I am held hostage in the car quite often to the radio. <laughs> Um, but I'm really lucky because, um, my daughter likes my kind of music too. She likes eighties music. So, you know, we can usually agree on something. Um, I'm kind of liking that new song by Lord Royals that is, I'm, I'm digging that song. I, I have hear, no idea what you're I hear about. it in my head a lot. Uh, it's on my Facebook page. You can, you can check <laughs> it out there. I would, I put a, a link up there to the YouTube video and so I'm kind of enjoying that. I like that Alan. No, it's not Alan Thicke. It's Robin Thicke. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I just dated myself. I like that Robin Thicke song a little bit, the kind of catchy stuff. And, you know, that's kind of it. I'm with you. I do a lot of Pandora. And um, I have to say I've developed a new relationship with um, Frank Sinatra. Oh, nice. I find... The chairman that, of the board never goes out of style. Right. And I listen to that in my car too. I find it relaxing. It takes me back to a a, a gentler time. You know, so that's it. Nice. This song I wrote for my mother, it's called Life Goes On.
listening. We'd love to hear your feedback. Call or text our listener line at 565-3229 or email at podcaststockton at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook or Twitter, username Podcast Stockton. And big thanks to Aaron Odessa for joining us in studio and uh, giving us a, a chance to listen to her wonderful music. Links to all the things we talked about are available at our show notes at podcaststockton.com. And until next time, make it great, Stockton. Oh